Let's start our discussion. This, this year's Parshas Achremos Kedoshim, Tavshinayin Beis. There's a tremendous amount to talk about in Achremos Kedoshim. We're going to lay more mitzvahs this week than any other Shabbos of the year. Put together, there are more than Kiseitze, which is 74 by itself. But Achremos Kedoshim, we'll have to touch on as many thoughts as we can. And hopefully at the end, we'll also have one thought, um, being tonight is Yom Karon, so we'll also have one thought related. Okay, we'll start off with something about the Avodah. Small one, and then we'll get into uh, some major ideas um, for life. Beginning of Achremos, we know, is the laning that we read on the morning of Yom Kippur. And we go through the entire Avodah Yom Kippurim. Some of it is in the text of the Torah. Some of it is only in Torah Shabbat Peh. A lot is left out purposely, meaning that we can only understand the Avodah Yom Kippurim along with the Torah Shabbat Peh. But one of the more famous parts of the Avodah is in Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Yud Gimel, the entrance into the Kodesh Kadashim of the Kohen Gadol with the Ketores, with the special incense, the only day of the year that he goes into the Kodesh Kadashim with the Ketores. And the Pasuk says, Pasuk Yud Beis, He takes a shovelfuls worth of Gechalim of coals, from the Mizbeach, Umalochafnav, Ketores Samim Daka, and takes very fine Ketores, and he puts the Ketores on the Eish, meaning he puts the Ketores on the coals. And in that way, he creates smoke. And the Anan of Ketores, the cloud of Ketores, covers the Kapores, the Kapores, which is the cover of the Aron. And if he does the Avodah properly, he shall not die. So it's not 100% clear in the text, in the Pesukim, but we know what this means according to Chazal. This Pasuk was a major machlokos between the Tzukim and the Prushim. This time of year, there's a lot of machlokos between the Tzukim and the Prushim, the most famous one being, what day is Shavuos? The Tzukim holding that Shavuos is always on a Sunday, because Mimachor Shabbos in next week's Parsha means after Shabbos literally, and we don't say that, we say Shabbos means the first day of Pesach, Mimachor Shabbos from the second day of Pesach, so sometimes it works out that Shavuos is on a Sunday, but it's not dafka that it has to be on a on a Sunday. But another machlokas between the Sukkim and the Prushim is related to this pasuk, and that is how exactly is the avodah of the Torah is done? Does the Kohen Gadol first start the smoke, first put the Torah onto the coals outside the Kodesh Kadashem, and then go in, or does he go in and then only then light it? put the Ketores onto the coals, smoke start, and then he goes out. So if you look in the first source, the Yuma Daphne Gimel, we know, We know that Halacha is that he goes in first, and then he lights it, and then he goes out. The Stukim say, no, you got to light it outside, and then bring it in. That's the Gemara. What's the message? What's the message of this machlokas? What's the message that we say that the Torah has to be lit inside the Kodesh Kadashim and only then, once the smoke covers the Kapores and the, and the Aron, that's when the Kohen Gadol goes out. There are two small thoughts in the Mayana Shal Torah from the Bali Musr. First idea. Manhig Yehudi Amitish Mavir Tchila Belibo Hu at Eish Avodas Habore Every great leader in Yadus first has to light his own fire inside. And only then, if I light my fire inside, 
then I can be mashpia and like other people's fires as well. If my fire is not lit, there's no way I'm going to light anybody else. Only then, if my inner fire is lit, so then I can light the fires of those around me. If it's in my heart, then it could go to someone else's heart. A false, unsuccessful leader will start giving Musr and Tochacha and preaching at a time when his heart is very far. And his heart is not into it. We spoke about this, if you remember, months ago. Parsha's Noach, from Amir Shapiro. Maybe if Noach wasn't totally into it inside, that's why he wasn't successful in convincing others. But No, no. The Qataris teaches us, first we got to light the fire in. Once we light the fire inside, then we can let it blaze, and we can let it light up outside. First Pnim, and then Bachutz. Number one. The other idea, mentioned by the Drash Vahayin, the Reish Arav, second thought. Derkam shel Tztukim b'chol hadoros. What's the derech of the Tztukim? The Tztukim who reject Torah Shabal Peh, as a symbol of certain types of Jews who reject parts of the Torah. What is their derech? Shehem sho'afim lahachnis tikunim v'chidoshim bedat Many amongst us like to take what we see outside in the world out there and bring it into Yadus. Going from the outside in, outside values, outside ideas, outside a whole, whole hierarchy of val- a value system. And we like to put that stamp onto the Torah. And really it's just the opposite. We radiate the Torah out. We take the Torah's values. We take HaKadosh Baruch Hu's values and try to be an Or Lagoyim by radiating out. We also mentioned a couple of months ago the beautiful Ha'ara of Rav Kook. That's a message why every shul has to have windows. Twelve windows. Because the message of a shul is a beacon of, of spirituality in the middle of society radiating out. But it starts from within. All of our value system starts with the Torah. And then we relate and model our life to the Torah. And we don't model the Torah to our life and outside values that we see. So says the Rav, that's the message of the Torah. We light it inside. The, it all starts on the inside of the Kodesh Kadashim. And only then it goes out. Only then it lights up all of those around. Takonoseim and every Takonos Chachamim it starts from the inside, the inside of every Jew, the inside of, of uh, Kedusha. Okay, that gets us started, gets the ball rolling, and now we have source number two. I'm not sure, but I don't think there are too many other parshios where we have such basic rambans on the parsha than parshas Achremos, and can add on Kedusha to that. We've discussed a number of them in the past already, but we're going to do another one or two tonight. And that is a Ramban that we haven't touched on. Again, this Ramban is going to raise some questions. It will not explain everything. It will give us, give us some food for thought to think a little deeper about an idea in the Parsha, which is somewhat Kabbalistic, but it's something that we have to relate to at least somewhat to be able to do more research afterwards if, if need be. We've mentioned in the past the Ramban on Kedoshim Tiyu. We mentioned other Rambans that we will 
um, refer to as well later. But now we have the Ramban on Seir Lazazel. Seir Lazazel, one of the most mystical and difficult to understand avodos of the entire year. What do we do? We don't understand fully, but we can understand. Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells us he bu- we build him a house. He tells us certain avodos that have to be done, bringing him karbanos. Not that he needs the karbanos, as we have mentioned many times, but as long as we do what he tells us to do, and there's symbolism in every single detail of the karbanos, so that's somewhat fathomable. That's within the normal structure of avoda, and yet. Then we have the Seir Lazazel, which is the centerpiece, at least one of the centerpieces of Avodah Yom Kippurim. There's no uh, other day on the Jewish calendar that Avodah doesn't play such a central role. And the Pasuk says, we take two Seirim, Pasuk Ches, V'nasana Aron al-Shnei Seirim Goralos, Goral Achal Hashem, V'goral Achal Lazazel. One Goral is Lashem, and one Goral is Lazazel. Two Seirim, this was Lashem, this was Lazazel. Lashem is a regular carbon. It's a carbon chatos that brings kapara. He stands up and he brings kapara. This carbon is going to bring kapara for all of Kla Yisrael. Even the Rambam writes, even possibly for somebody who doesn't even do tshuva, still it can bring kapara in certain cases. What do we do? We send it to the desert. We even know, going to Midbar Yehuda today, we, we, could, we could guess exactly which cliff it was, based on the topography of the, of the area. Then we stand it up, and then we do the rest of the Avoda, and later on the Torah tells us that we send out this Sa'ir. Later on, after he's misvadeh, the Kongol is misvadeh, pasach hafalev, v'rasan otam arosha seir v'shilach v'yad ish iti amidbara, the designated person takes it out to the midbar, v'nasa seir alav eskalav onosam alaris gzeira, we put all the sins on it, and bar and alo amoy, the pasach big abad, changes his clothing again, and ultimately, as we know, he is pushed off the cliff, along with that, bringing kapara for Klal Yisrael. What's the message of this seir la'azazel? Again, we're not going to answer the question fully, but at least we'll get some food for thought. First, the Ramban quotes the Eben Ezra. The Eben Ezra on the Pasuk. The Eben Ezra says something very enigmatic. Fourth line of the Ramban. V'Rebi Avram Kasav, Amar of Shmuel, Afopi, Shekasuv, Shebisir Chatashu Lashem, Gamasir Mishtalechu Lashem. Really, both Karbanos are Lashem. Even though the Pasuk says, this is Lashem and this is Lazazel, Seemingly to another source, to another receiver of our carbon. No, don't think that's the Eben Ezra. So he ain't sarich, and he says, you don't have to say that. He quotes a Rav Shmuel. He says, you don't have to say that one. They're both Lashem. Ki amishtaleach einenu carbon. It's not a carbon. Shalom Yishcha, you're not shechting it. He doesn't say what it is. He just says what it's not. It's not a regular carbon. But then he says. If you could think of the secret, you'll know the secret. Okay? If you can figure it out, great. I will reveal to you a little bit of the secret when you're 33. You know it. Ad Ebenezra. 
So some of us are past the age of 33 and we still don't know the secret of the Ebenezer. Well, when you're 33, well, there's, there's going to be a, a bolt of lightning that's going to hit every 33-year-old. And, oh, now you know the secret of Zilah Zazel. What's he talking about? That's the end of Ebenezer. Baruch Hashem, we have a Ramban. V'hinei, now the Ramban starts talking. Rabbi Avraham, Naaman, Ruach, Mechaseh, Davar. He covers, he covers his, uh, what he wants to reveal. V'ani ha-rachil, I'm a rachil. I'm a peddler. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know his secret. I'm going to open up the doors for the Jewish people to let, let them know what the Ebenezer secret is and hopefully we'll come back to the answer and what the secret is of 33 in the end of the Ramban. But first, the Ramban himself explains to us a little bit what is La Zazel. After all, the Pashas of the Pasuk is that there's a different source for this carbon. Carbonus, we know, are given to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, there are certain avodos that are done outside the base of Megdash. Paradum is done outside the base of Megdash. That's done, the burning is done on Harazesim. Okay, but that's not a car, you're just burning it, and you're going to use that in the base of Megdash. You're going to use the ashes. It's being metar tmeim. Still connected to the base of Megdash. But this, yes, the whole thing is done, you take it outside. It's even called Azazel. So what exactly is the, is the message? Says the Ramban. Lefichach, Mufurish line 10. Mufurish means Rebbe Pirkei Rebelezer Hagadol. First he's going to quote it, and then we're going to have to try to explain it. Pirkei Rebelezer, one of the earliest sources of Torah Shavuot that we have, says, Lefichach hayunostin lo lesamael shochad biyoma kipurim shelo levatel es karbanan. We give a shochad, we give literally a bribe to the prosecuting forces, to the Midas Hadin, not to be mevatel our karbonos. Not to prosecute in Shamayim that we don't deserve kapara. After all, we know that this is a special day. All the sins of Christ are going to be wiped out. We're going to start a new slate. The Gemara even says that Hasatan is Gematria 364 because there's one day a year that he does not have Shlita, but maybe he only doesn't have Shlita because we're doing this Avodah. We know there are prosecuting forces HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself created in the world. And as the Ramban is about to say, one day a year Hashem says, do something symbolically for the prosecuting forces, not Chas V'Shalom being obeyed them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us what to do. And in that way, the prosecuting forces, if you do this avoda, they won't prosecute. And he gives a mashal. He gives a mashal. Let's skip down. Skip down. Ve'ena kavana. We're not going to read the whole thing. Let's skip down to line 32. And the Ramban Kedarko Bakoda says many times in his commentary on Chumash that there are forces that Hashem created under him. We did a couple of years ago, maybe last year. Later in Parshas Achremos, another very important Ramban where the Ramban says there's direct hashkacha in Eretz Yisrael. Outside of Eretz Yisrael, there's indirect hashkacha, meaning he put a sar over every land, just like there's the sar of Esau and the sar of this and the sar of that. Eretz Yisrael doesn't have a sar. So this is within that framework, the Ramban says. Line 32. We're not giving a carbon to another source, to another force, to another power, because that power, that force told us to. We are just following Hashem's Ratzon, that he told us to do this. Let me give you a mashal, says the Ramban. 
A person is making a big suda for his master. And the master tells the cook, Can you please give, give that guy a portion? Are you servicing the person who's getting the portion? No. The king told you to give a portion to so-and-so. That's serving the Adon. And the master in the marshal is not giving anything to the other person. He, the Adon is telling the Evid, give to so-and-so. So the Evid is giving to so-and-so. It's really the Adon. That's commanding. And I'm doing this because I'm fulfilling the will of the Adon. Adon no saint praslavdo. And he followed the command of his master. And he followed his master, everything that he was commanded to do. The master wants everybody to say good things about his servants. So he says, you know what, butter up that guy over there. And in that way, you know, there won't be any, any, any lush and horror spoken about the people at the Suda. So Kaviyochel says the Ramban, that's the Sir Lazazel. We don't know exactly how it works. These are spiritual forces. But in a sense, we're listening to Hashem. But we're listening to Hashem to do something with a carbon that we usually don't do. Again, it's because of the special quality of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day when Hashem doesn't want any Midas Hadin. We know Midas Hadin in Midrashim always stands up. Do they deserve this? In Mitzrayim, So there are prosecuting forces that there's justice that has to stand. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Yom Kippur, I'm not interested in justice. I'm giving Kapara for Klal Yisrael. So bring the Seir Lazazel, and in that way, not that you're serving Lazazel, Chas V'Shalom, any other source, but it's really Hashem. Second to last one, Ki Shneihem Atan Hashem, Vehu Natan Mehem La'avdo. Really, they're both to God. But Hashem says, you know, give this one to so-and-so. That's the Ramban. Continuing again, turning over the page. We're only in sending out the seir ratzon Hashem. That's by the way the Ramban says why well, we don't do shchita. We don't do shchita. Shchita might give off the impression that we're actually doing a service out there. We don't even do shchita. What do we do? Just give a little push. That's all we do. So that we do, nobody gets a wrong impression that this is an avoda. No. And that is why we do this, um, fulfill this carbon. Aval, skip a couple of lines. Aval, but see, he said, I'm, I'm sorry, go back a little bit. He said, Line 5. What are the known chukim in the world? Levisha shatnis paraduma seir hamish they can't fathom what that carbon is. All the carbonas they can understand. But what's this one? They'll think, hey, you're serving another God, you're serving this, you're serving that. No. But really, it is all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sifui. That's the Seer Lazaz according to the Ramban. Let's get back for a moment to what we started. What about the third, the secret of the 33? Umizet Tavin, line 10. 
Sorry, he talks about why the Ishiti and anyone involved in the Sir Lazal Zavoda has to wash their Bagadim fine. Vihine Ramaz Lacha Rebi Avraham. Sheteda Sodo. What does 33 mean? When you're 33, count 33 Psukim from that Pasuk later on in the Aliyah. Kishatakia la Pasik, Pasuk. Don't bring carbonos to any other outside forces. That's what the Pasuk says in par- the later on, later on in this parak, in Yud Zion Zion. Not in this parak, the next parak. Yud Zion Zion is 33 Pesukim exactly, right? The last Aliyah, the last Pasuk in Chamishi Shli, uh, in Ravi Sheini. V'lo yizbuchu od ezifcheihem l'asir Hashem himzob menavachrayem. Shchutei chutz! The Isra of Shchutei Chutz, which is said right after the Avodah Yom Kippurim. Don't. Don't, don't, don't bring any Karbana Shchutei Chutz. Says the Eben Ezra, that's the secret of Lazazel. You want to understand Lazazel? Realize there's an Isra of Shchutei Chutz that's said right afterwards. That's the secret of Lazazel. Now we understand. That's the 33, not when you're 33, count 33 psukim. Just along these lines, we also have the Klayakar, who doesn't even note, doesn't quote the Ramban, but the Klayakar also says, what's the connection? Between these two first sections of our parsha of Parsha Zachremos. First, we have Avodas Yom Kippur and Perak Tezayin, and then Perak Yuzayin, we have Shchute Chutz, which in graphic detail, we've touched on this in the past, Shchute Chutz, sacrificing a carbon outside the base of Mikdash, is very graphic in the Torah. It's compared to murder. Shvichas Domim. That's what the Torah says. It compares it to Shvichas Domim. Dam Yichashiv Ishahu Dam Shafach. What is the connection between Avodas Yom Kippur and Shchute Chutz? They're opposites. Says the Klayakar in Source 4. Samach Parsha Zulakan. Lefishiyesh makom leminim litaos. Because there is room for heretics to be mistaken. Vilomar. Sheshlichas asa'ir hamen baru lasirim chalila. People might think that. What are we doing with this avoda? We're giving it to another source? Another force? Chas v'shalom. Right after Avodah Yom Kippurim, the Isra of Shchut Echutz. And we learn, just the opposite. I'm sorry, he does quote the Ramban. I forgot. Right, he wants us to make sure that we stay away from all these other powers. And that's what the message of the Smichas Apsukim are talking about. At the end, he says, line 11, he, we, there are there are forces there are forces that are that are that are inappropriately affected when we do shchutechutz. We know every action that we do affects the worlds and the universes above us. So when we follow Gadish Baruch Ratzon, we're masaking the forces above. When we don't, then we cause terrible terrible things in Shemayim. Says the Klayakar. So he says this is why the connection of the of the parshios v'zeh pirush yakar. I'm the clay yakar, and I say this is a pirish yakar, says the clay yakar. Okay. This is Avodas Yom Kippurim. This is Shrut Echutz. Moving right along. The next section in Achremos, and really we have to talk about this next idea, because it takes up a large portion of both Achremos and Kedoshim, and that is the world of Arayos. All the Arayos, all of the illicit relationships, they're repeated. Achremos, all the warnings are given. Kedoshim, all the punishments are meted out. Achremos Kedoshim. Ask Rav Hirsch. Yes, we know 
arayos, and he's focusing on the familial arayos. There are many arayos, and Ashus Ish is an erva. But what we're going to focus on for the next moment, Rav Hirsch tries to give a svara. He notes that it's exeris akasav, and ultimately arayos is a chok. But maybe there's a message that we could get from the our family arayos, from the, from the blood relatives that man is ushered to. Why? Says Rav Hirsch. A take-home Rav Hirsch. Says Rav Hirsch. Amongst the factors that raised into the sphere of holy and sanctifying mitzvahs, what otherwise would belong as erva to crude animal life, surely must be reckoned as not the least, the fact that the bodily union of the sexes at once lays the foundation for the purest, most intimate, strongest spiritual unity of the minds and hearts of two beings. That's a long sentence. What did Rav Hirsch just say? The physical relationship between a man and a woman is a gift from Hashem and it is given to the human being to help solidify the love between a husband and a wife. It's a tool to help deepen that relationship between husband and wife. That's why there are many halachos to help make sure that this is the context in which we view the physical relationship between a husband and a wife. It lays the foundation for that blossoming which our marriage blessing celebrates as and which forms the sublime conjugal love which the song of the conjugal love and love of God the physical relationship says Rav Hirsch is meant to create and help strengthen that love between a husband and a wife on so many levels the emotional, the psychological the social and the physical is all part of that package which a Kaddish Baruch who gives, we do not believe like other religions believe in totally quelching the, dri- the physical drive and that being celibate is the goal. We do not say that. Puravu is a mitzvah. Getting married according to Mary Yishonim is a mitzvah by itself separate from Puravu. Puravu is vada a mitzvah. It's not only a mitzvah, it's the first mitzvah. Just in case we, we didn't get far in the Torah. Says Rav Hirsch, the physical relationship is celebrated by Yahadus. In the proper context, in the proper structure, it is meant to help the love grow between a husband and a wife. Says her first, I'll say it outside, then we'll see it inside. If there's already love between two people because they're related through blood, so then all that's left for the physical relationship is just to be a physical relationship. The love's already there from before. So then the ultimate goal of the physical relationship will not be able to be used. And Mamela, it's just erva. And that is why these relationships are usher. In short, says Rav Hirsch, the Dvedavak Be'ishto loses all erva and becomes invested with the highest moral dedication if it does really affect that wonder of wonders, the Hayum Abbasar Echad, on which all true family happiness and national happiness build itself on. Hence, look at this beautiful line. The less there is in existence before marriage any bond of attachment to family love, the more that the strongest form of attachment starts with marriage, the more does the sexual side of marriage become a basic factor in the whole moral sphere of happy married life, full of love in every phase. It starts and is brought about by it and elevates it to the realm of pro-morality. Kedushin! Marriage is called Kiddushin, sanctification. The Gemara says, 
Hashari below Isha, Hashari below Torah. Because once a person gets married, that's fulfillment. To be Avdei Hashem, says Rav Hirsch. But where there is already the affection of parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, in, in the ordinary course of nature, attaching hearts and feelings to one another, marriage will only have to bring some weak addition to this love. Yeah, it'll help deepen it a little bit. But that's not what the physical relationship is supposed to be about. It's supposed to bring about a totally different realm and help the love build. Love will have been there for, before. And marriage will add almost nothing more than the sexual element, which by itself alone, without bringing about the miracle of the loving union of two beings, sinks down to naked erva. Because it won't be in the proper context of building love. And mamela then is just the animalistic side of man. And in that... That is not a mitzvah, that's the opposite of a mitzvah. Just Erechaga, parenthetically, we've mentioned in the past, we happened to come up in the mitzvah shir recently, the Maharal, the beginning of Pirkei Avos, when he discusses the big uh, Torah Avodah and Gemilas Chasadim, and he says creatively that the three mitzvahs that we have to give our life for in every situation, Avodah Zara, Gili Arayis, and Shvi Chasdamim, why those three mitzvahs? There are many mitzvahs that we could have thought are... are definitional to the, to the existence of a Jew. Why those three? Because says the Maharal in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, because those three parallel Torah, Avod, and Gimilas Hasadim. And if I violate any of these Averis, then I'm ripping down the pillar of the world. So Mamela, I have to give my life instead because what's the purpose of the world if I'm violating? Two out of three are straightforward. Avoda, Avoda Zara. Murder and Gimilas Hasadim. Says the Maharal. Torah and Gili Arayas. Because Torah is the most sublime, the most uplifting experience that we can be involved in in this world. And Gili Arayas is the most mundane, physical, animalistic. Says Rav Hirsch, but if we could take the physical relationship out of the world of Erva, and we could give it Kedusha, and we could put it into the proper realm where it's meant to bring a husband and a wife closer together, then that's Kedusha and that's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah of Kiddushin. There's a mitzvah for Avuva Davak Be'ishto Vahayulu Basarach. Says of Hirsch, that's what it's all about. Finishing up, just to read the end, the last paragraph on the next page. A mother cannot become a mother without, uh, become a wife without ceasing to be a mother. A sister cannot be a wife without ceasing to be a sister. An aunt cannot become a wife. But, uh, okay, you're going to ask me what's the difference between an uncle and a niece and an aunt. Okay, this, at some point you're going to have to say Zeresakas. But, mothers, sisters, aunts are to remain as such. But a union with them which does not allow them to become wise would become nothing more than mere erva. And God's Torah says, Imchahi, she's your mother. We are indeed, and he says at the end, we are indeed far from believing that with these suggestions we have even touched the real motive of these laws. I'm not telling you this is the emes amita. This is the real root and reason. But we believe that it gives us a message. It gives us a message for at least some of the Arias relationships. Moving right along. One more for Parshas Achremos. And that is, at the end of Achremos, I didn't give it to you inside, maybe for another day, but we're going to talk about the idea. We know, as we've been talking about, the Arayos, almost all the Arayos, the punishment is Karis, being cut off. The last Ramban and Achremos, it's another, you saw this at Ramban, which feel free to look at. The Ramban talks about various types of Karis. He talks about three different types of kares. There are many chiyuvei kares. 
But there are different types of kares, affecting oneself, affecting one's children, or affecting one's afterlife. Different types of kares. There's a beautiful Arach Laner that came up, those learning Dafyomi a couple of weeks ago. The Arach Laner points out that there are four Mesechtes in Shas that end the same way. With the phrase, Amr Abelazar, Tamidi Chachamim, Marbim Shalom Ba'olam, Tamidi Chachamim, Armar Shalom in the world, Shinam Abachob Anach, Lemudi Hashem, Rab Shalom Ba'noyach, Atzikre Ba'noyach, Ela Ba'noyach. Say that Shabbos morning. That's the phrase that ends four different Mesechtes. Meseches Brachos, Meseches Nazir, Meseches Yevamis, and Meseches Krisus. And the Mesechta that describes all of the Chiyuve Karis. Ask the Yorach Laner, what's the message of this, this Memra? This Parsha is all about, has a lot of the Chiyuve Krisus in our, in our Parshios, all the Arayos. What's the message that this Chazal and all of these Mesechtas, which, by the way, is the abbreviation of Banayach. Banayach alabonayach, Banayach is Brachas, Nazir, Yuvamis, and Krisus. What's the message? Says the Yerachlaner of Yaakov Etlinger. There are four types of peace, four types of Shalom that we could talk about. Says, line, line eight. Vishi'in Dine bi'arnu Toalios hashalom lefimachlokoseyom. There are four. There are. I've already explained the different toeles, good things that come out of peace. Ukemochen yichalek hashalom lefiyon yonola dalid machlokos. Four types of shalom. Vehein they are. Number one, shalom ben akadosh baruch hu laadam. Number one, between man and God. Ben adam lamakom. One type of shalom. Number two, ben adam lachavero. To man and his friend. Number three. Bain Ishla Ishto, maybe the most intense physical form of Shalom, man and wife. Number four, Bain Guf Vinishama. Between our physical bodies and our Nishama. We love to have we would love to have Shalom. We want to create a nice home for our Nishama. We would hate our Nishama every night, going back up to God and say, I hate that place. I've had enough of it. And Hashem says, Don't worry, I'm gonna cleanse you, you're gonna go back tomorrow. Right? Nishama Shinasatabitahorasa. We want to make ourselves, right, have, 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 let a Kaddish Baruch Hu create a nice home. That we mentioned a couple of years ago in a, in a Shabbat Shuvah Drasha, an amazing medrash. If you've never seen it, you've got to look it up in Zos HaBracha, where Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama is bargaining with Hashem, I don't want to come. I'm in the most perfect place in the universe. Being in Moshe Rabbeinu's body, I don't want to come. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's the conversation that takes place. So says the Gemara, says the Archaner, four types of Shalom. Man and God, man and his friend, man and his wife, Guf and Shama. Says the Archaner, that's these four Masechtas. These four Masechtas discuss these four types of Shalom. The Al-Elu Maramzim and Yoni Dalad Masechtas Ha'Elu. Debrachos, Shemidaber, Midine Kriyashma, Tfilo Brachas. What's Brachas all about? Brachas. And Kriyashma Kabbalah Malcha Shemayim and Tfilah O Amidah Lefnei Hashem Lehis Achid Haadam Im Baro Bechal Inyanei Chayav. It's meant there to create Shalom to man and God. Brachis Ben Adam Lamakom Who in Yin Shalom Shemayin Hakadosh Baruch Hu Lo Adam Al Darshek Dichsiv Yasa Shalom Li Yevamis Next Who in Yin Shalom Shemayin Adam Lachaveiro Yevamos talks about a lot of topics, but what is Yevamos Yibum? Stepping into my brother's shoes. 
keeping the family tradition alive, doing a chesed for him. That's Yibum. That's number two. Number three, Nazir. What's Nazir about? See, he says that's, that's Shalom Bein Ishla Ishta. Why? Because there's a connection in, in Chazal between Nazirus and Sota. The Mesechtas follow each other. Nadarim, Nazir, Sota. What is the connection between the two? Sha'amru Chazal, Lama Nisbacha Parshas Nazar Bajar Zoda, it's together in Parshas Naso, and it's together in Tarashib Alpeh also. What's the connection? If I see something, a relationship falling apart, Sota Bilkokula, I'll stop drinking wine. Nazirus is somebody who has that reaction because it wants to make sure that his family relationship stays strong. So Nazirus can be looked at as Benish Lishto. And finally, the one that our parish is about, Meseches Krisus, that's about not violating Averos that might separate the Guf and the Neshama. The Krisus in Yoni Shalom be Guf and Neshama. She'inyin Karis is Baruch Hazal, because Karis is about, and again, the Ramban goes, at this, goes to this in depth. The mitzvahs in this world is, is to give strength to the, to the nefesh in my body. Even in the next world, everything I do in my physical body is going to come with me. Because I can only do mitzvahs in this world. There's no mitzvahs in the next world. And why do we go daven at Kivrei Tzadikim? Because there's something at the, about the goof of this Tzadik that's still there. In Maras Machpela, it's where the Avos and the most, their physical bodies will last on this world, but there's no connection between these bodies and their Neshamas. Krisus cuts that off. And that's what Mesechus Krisus is about. And we don't have this. At the end, line 12, This is the Arachaner. Four Shalams, four Mesechtes, and it's all based on That's what the Chazal about Shalom is about as at the end of all of these Mesechtas. Okay. So, Parshas Achremos, the Allah is, you got to give equal time to both Parshas. So, we'll try our best to fulfill that dictum. Okay. Kedoshim to you. Parshas Kedoshim, again, jam-packed with Chazals, with Mitzvos. Says the Eila Hadvarim, or Schlesinger. First Pasuk, Kedoshim Tiyu Ki much ink has been spilled. What exactly is Kedoshim Tiyu telling us? Rashi and Ramban is at the beginning of any discussion of Kedoshim Tiyu. Rashi being in a more limited fashion. Rashi says that it means Prushim in Ha'arayos. After all, this is the Pasuk that's in between the Asharos and the Onshim of Arayos. That's where Rashi gets it from. From the context, so from, from the juxtaposition of the Psukim. But Rashi says, 
Also, Milamed, he quotes it on line two. Shenemra Parshazu Bahakel, this was a said Bahakel, all B'nai Yisrael were there. Why? Because most Gufe Torah are totally on it. Almost everything is totally on Kedoshim to you. That's Rashi. So what does that mean? What most, according to Rashi, it means Prushim and Harayas. So most Gufe Torah are totally on Prushim and Harayas. That's part of why the Ramban says what he said. The Ramban, famous Ramban, which also we've discussed in the past, Kedoshim Tiyu is a much wider, much more expansive idea as the Ramban coins the term not being a novel versus HaTorah. The Torah tells us a lot of allowances. We could drink, we could eat, we could this, we could that. But the Ramban says all in a proper fashion, all in a sanctified fashion. Kedoshim Tiyu, be a holy nation. It's the Ramban. But again, says the Elah Advarim. What did Chazal say? Rove Gufe Torah Tluyinba. The whole Torah is totally on this. It, the Ramban's idea is beautiful, says the Elah Advarim. But most mitzvos don't have to do with doing it minimally. But the Ramban's idea is in those areas of Rishus, I have to make sure to limit myself. I can't overeat. I can't be a glutton, and I can't do drink too much wine. I can't do that. I can't do that. But most mitzvah, what's shaking a lulav, and 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 do, going to the store and going shopping and the living life, rov gufei Torah tluyim in kedoshim to you. As you could say, it affects the rest of the life. But says the elad varim. I think the following is the pshat. Let's see the elad varim turning over the page. Source number nine. Says of Schlesinger, line seven. Alke nira lomar bir acher vi asher nira lanias daiti shula mita shaltor. I think it's emes. Hine. And it's a simple, obvious pshat. But maybe this is what it means to be a kadosh. And this affects all areas of our life. Hine akadosh barachu boreha olam hu kulo ruchnias. Hashem created the world on a deeper level. It's all spiritual because, again, the source of everything in the world is Hashem. There are malachim, but but still, he's going to say something that he's going to explain it. When Hashem created the world, he created it as such. It's a spiritual world, but he created man as having, needing to live in a physical world in order to be mahapech and to turn everything into a ruchani experience. That's what life's about. Hashem did not create the world as angelic. He has malachim. But that's not who he gave Bechir Chavshis to. He created the world physical, but it only looks physical. There are many physical actions and items that we look around us and we see them and we ourselves. Ulam Dvarim Eila Atzmam Mamish Everything we do in life, every single action we do in life, could be nehepach, can be switched, can be a spiritual action with just a physical cover on it. 
Im kavanaso l'shem shemayim. Im kavanaso ba'usam kas safim k'dil hachius as nafsho. If I make a living in order to help support myself, in order to be able to live a life of Torah and mitzvos, v'imu ochel v'shose v'oseh shartzrochav amas la'akshimetz amatarai karis b'chayim. If I eat and drink in order to live a life of kedusha, and he brings an example. It's my first mission in Pirkei Avos. The Mishnah tells us in Paragimel, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon Bayachai tells us. I don't know if this was pre or post cave, but it's Rabbi Shimon. Stam Rabbi Shimon is Rabbi Shimon Bayachai. Says Rabbi Shimon, Shloshe Sha'achlo al Shulchan Echad, Velo Amr Lev Devei Torah, three people that are at a meal, and there is no Torah amongst them, Ki'ilu Achlu Mizivchei Mesim, is as if they ate from Zvachim Karbanis of Mesim, which is a nice way of saying Avodah Zarah. It's a disgusting meal. As if they ate from God. From God the waiter. They're both eating. Everybody's eating a meal. They're both in the pizza store across the aisle from each other. Three of them are Zivchei Mesim and three of them are Shulchan Shomakom. Three of them are Base of Odizara, three of them are in the code, are in the are eating kache kachim in the Azara. What's the difference? It's the same physical act, but one one group was able to be mahapeich, was able to turn this physical experience into ruchnius. The pasuk says in Nevi'im, the Shlach even says there's a key to say this pasuk every time you set a table for Shabbos. For the Yantif, that's the Pasuk quoted there in the Mishnah Pirkei Avos. But the Shlach says, he said that because that adds Kedusha. I buy something on Friday morning. The Mishnah Bura says. I say that that, it, that makes the physical activity of shopping. Right? I, I, I drive a carpool. I bring the kids to school. Right? My Kavana is, I, I'm, I'm giving my children a Torah education. Right? Everything can be nepach, l'kedusha. And that's why he says, that's kedoshim to you. Be holy in all areas of your life. Not only a rice, like Rashi says. Not only in the areas of rishus, like the Ramban says, kedoshim to you. But in every single act that we do, we can elevate it to a spiritual, to a spiritual plane. And then he says, that's why it was said, bahakel, uh, when all Jews were, were there. So that is, that's the Eilat Dvarim, Kedoshim T. Good. The next two thoughts are said by two contemporary Gdolim, and they point out to us actions that many of us might do, but in this week's Parsha, they think we are warned against them. And sometimes we have to just, like, have somebody from the outside point out something that is so common, and everybody does it, but we have to have a Rav Palm in source, the first source, and we have to have a Rav Zilberstein in the next source to tell us that maybe it's not the best idea and maybe it could be a violation of something. First, says Rav Palm, in Perak Yutes Pasuk Aleph, we have at the beginning of Kedoshim, Yutes Yud Aleph, Lo Tignovu, do not steal. So though... We usually think, where does it say not to steal? Oh, that's in the Aseris Adibris. No, Chazal and Sienda, low signal of the Aseris Adibris as not to kidnap. Not to kidnap, no steal a nefesh, which is kidnapping. Stealing money, that's right here. Lo Tignovu, the Monia Mitzvah's count, this Pasik, this is the Isidaraisa of stealing, Lo Tignovu. There's an explicit 
Gemara, and it's an explicit Rambam, and it's an explicit Shulchan Aruch, meaning we pask in that way. There's nobody that argues. At least there's one Rishon, but the Gemara and the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch all quote that included in the Isser of Geneva is what the Gemara in Baba Metziah, in the beginning of the fifth parah, calls Gonev Almanas Lamekat. Stealing as a joke. Stealing to tease. That's an Isser de Oraisa, according to the Rambam, according to the Shulchan Aruch. To tease, you have Kavot, you're going to give it back in ten minutes. You just want to make the guy nuts. You want him to think that he lost it. You took it, he doesn't know what's going on. Says Rav Palm, and with the background, we know who Rav Palm is. And when Rav Palm says this, Rav Palm, who had such avas Yisrael, more than anyone else, when he was in the room, his face was on, was lit up, and everyone around him felt his love. When Rav Palm points out that we're doing something incorrectly, we, our ears open up. Sometimes people steal something, take something as a joke. They hide it for a little bit. And we enjoy. Lero says, Where is it? Did I take that somewhere? Did I put that somewhere? Where did I put that down? I, and, and we're sitting there. We're laughing inside. We're smiling. We're going to give it back in five minutes. I just want to give this guy a little bit of a, you know, of a, uh. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I'm teasing him a little bit. It's all in jest. And Rapam then says, look at this. Forget adults. Sometimes we do this with children. Not that, oh, it's, it's in one of your hands. Which hand is it in? That's not stealing. That's nothing. That's fine. That's a game. You keep switching it, and this and that. As if to try to tell the kid, oh, it's not here, it's not here. Vainly, we don't think there's any problem with this shashua, with this game. Says Rapam, it smacks. It smacks of goni vamanas lamekat. Ulam la mito shal davar meguna davar maod. And he quotes the Gemara Bar Metziah, Daf Samach Aleph, and the Rambam. Lo tignovu amanas lomeka klomar. In other words, with sa'er habaylim v'yachak tishiveilo. Even if they're going to give it back, very scary words from Rav Pan, but it's something that we have to be aware of. Goniv amanas lomeka as a joke. Even so, we have to make sure that we're careful. Lo tignovu. Number one, and the other idea. It said by Rav Zilberstein in the Aleinu L'Shabeach. Beautiful set of Svarim. They just came out in English. Art School put it out into English. But the Hebrew has the Rav and B'nai Brak today. Pasuk says later on in our parsha, Perak. Where is the uh, the Pasuk? Yutes. Lo sisna z'achich b'vavecha. Ochiat ochiat Pasuk. Pasuk Yudzayin. The Isra of Sinas Yisrael, which we'll get back to. Do not carry sin. Chazal learned from this these four words the Isra of embarrassing my friend in public. The Isra of Halbanas Plechaver Barabim is an Isra Daraisa. The Gemara even says it's compared to Shvichas Damim. It's learned that from these four words. When you give Tochacha, when I give reprovement, make sure not to do it in an embarrassing way. There's much, we've got to have a whole shear about this, but just one nakuda, One ha'ara which we don't think about. But if it ever comes up, Rahman al it shouldn't come up. But if it ever comes up, 
there's a natural reaction. Says of Zoberstein, and he said he himself was moche about this in his shul in Bnei Brak. Let's say Rahman there's an ambulance that comes to a house. Or there's an ambulance, somebody gets hurt somewhere, and there's an ambulance that comes, there's an elderly person, whatever the case, maybe an ambulance comes. What is the nor- normal, natural human reaction? What's going on? What's going on? And we gather round, and everybody gathers round. And we push, and we shove, and we, and we have to see. And the curiosity, our human, we have to know. We have to see. We have to be able to go and tell everybody afterwards. You know what happened? You know what happened? We have to be the source of the information. We have to go there. Cesar of Zilberstein, do you think the sick person wants everybody staring at him or her? Do you think that the Bale Hatsala want a big crowd there? He says that people, Bale Hatsala came to him and said, please talk about this in shul. Because you know what? We are delayed in our trying to get to the patient sometimes. Because there's a whole crowd there. We can't get through. And we're pushing and with this and with that. Cesar of Zilberstein, why? What we're going so we can have a better picture in our head to be able to say Tehillim with more Kavanah. That's why we're going around to watch the, watch the person. Halavai, we should have such good Kavanahs. No! We just want to see what the hawk is. We, have to, we want to see what's going on. We want to be, we want to see what we were there. Cesar of Zilberstein, Mavayish Prechavero Barabim doesn't only mean I insult somebody. We have to try to think, would they want me here right now? Line five, Gabi Zayan Lachola Yeshkan, the Gabi Kuach Nefesh Amiti, Yod Ani Al Mikrim, I know of cases, Shecholim Nimnu Milahazmin Ambulance. Sick people did not call an ambulance because they were worried that a crowd was going to come and see them. Liheos Fusam Shal Yiladim, and kids, he says it's not only kids, the adults are there doing it. If it was just kids, you could at least try to be Machanich them. Nachon line eight. Shabimikrim kugon eila goveris mitas hasakra nut belibo shal adam. Curiosity is so difficult to overcome. Ach l'shem ma banu laolam. Why are we in this world? Im lo kedei lehiskaber al atzmenu v'laavod al midoseinu. We're in this world to be be to have perfect midos. And if we realize something, and we think about something, do we think that? Everybody wants wants everybody there. Or what? Let's We we can understand that sometimes in, in a game, someone on the basketball court gets hurt. So one person goes around. Do you think the guy who's hurt who can't breathe who's like ah right wants both teams to be around them? No. There we understand. Everybody says just give him space. Move away. Move away. Let one, let the doctor. But when it's an ambulance on the street, Rachman Litzlan says of Zilberstein, Barabim. We have to realize this for children and for the grown ups. We have to realize. Okay. One more thought before we get to the final thought on Yom HaZikaroh. One more thought related to the parsha. Says the Torah in the same passage that we just read. This could be, if I might throw it out, pretty hard mitzvah. And even, I might say, a pretty uncomfortable mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that many of us wouldn't like to do. Maybe to our own children. But other than that, the mitzvah doesn't say, It says, Which means any fellow Jew that might listen. And this is something that really isn't done so much. And certain cases, it shouldn't be done. Because we have to make sure, the Gemara even says, one of the Amoram says, there's nobody that can give proper tochach of his One of the Amoram says that. 
in the, I think it's Mesechus Arach. But says Rev Saraskin, and then we'll get to the main thought that I want to bring out here. Instead of Saraskin, we have to realize that this is a tremendous mitzvah, that we have to, if it is in our power to say something, to do something, in a way of Derachei Darche Noam, in such a loving, coddling, Yemin Mikareves, the small dochek type of situation, so then, then we can, then we can do it. But we have to realize, right, the Gemara we know, from Mesechasota, there were three people in Paro's cabinet in Mitzrayim. Eov, Bilam, and Yisro. And the Gemara says, Bilam gave the advice, he was Chayim Misa. Yisro ran away, his children became members of the Sanhedrin. Eov kept quiet, he got Yisurin. Eov didn't give Tochafa, he didn't state that, I think this is wrong. Zisurin, Yisurin shall Eov. Yisro knew he couldn't do it, but he at least couldn't stand idly by. See, so he at least ran away. That itself was an implicit tochacha. And he was zoche. He, the Kohen Midian of the Kohen over there, but Zara, so he gets, he gets uh, children from the Sanhedrin. So what exactly? How do we understand? How could we get an idea about tochacha that could at least help us in our endeavor to try to understand and fulfill this mitzvah? It's a beautiful thought that Revaran Salvechik has. Source number 14 in his book, Logic of the Heart, Logic of the Mind, where he talks about what is the root of tochacha? What's the shorish of the milah tochacha? Hocheach. What is a hochacha? It's a proof. Bimochiach something means to prove it. Tochiach, right? Prove it. So what does hochiach, tochiach, chazamisecha mean? What does prove it mean? What does tochacha mean? Says Rav Aaron, line 4. It really means a proof. Something that serves as a raya for evidence is called a hochacha, a proof. You know what the Torah says? Prove to your friend. Hocheach tochiach as a mesecha. What is prove to your friend? Prove him once. Prove to him that what he's doing is incorrect and he could do so much better. Because you know, every Jew has so much koach inside of him. Prove to him if the Torah says, look what he says in the continuation, line 16, a very profound concept is contained in this verse and the key to it lies in the grammatical formulation of this mitzvah. Prove to him, prove to him that he's your friend, that he's your amit. What does that mean? Fascinating. Says of Aaron that we find in the Gemara, that whenever people are quoted as referring to the better side of their character, they speak of themselves in the first person. They say, Ano, sometimes they say, I. But when the Gemara, when the, the Amor is talking about something that he did, and it's like bad, it's negative, he's upset about it, he's embarrassed, he calls himself Hahu Gavra. He says, that guy, Hahu Gavra. Why is that? Just say, I. Hahu Gavra and Ano. Says of Aaron, because anything that we do wrong is really not our essence. It's the Hahu Gavra in us. It's the Yitzhahara that overcame. It's that person. We learn from this that within every person there are two personalities. Everybody's a schizophrenic. In every individual there is the ideal personality aspiring towards that which is sacred, noble, and worthy. And simultaneously, every person is moved by certain animal instincts which lead him of hurt or her to sinful acts. The real personality is the one that is motivated by the lofty inclination Anna. And the external one that is planted upon us is the Hahu Gavra. And he says, 
at the end, the Gemara Sota, we've quoted before the last line of Masecha Sota. The Mishnah says there that when Rabbi Yudanasi died, Anabo, Anabo was Batel. Humility was uh, left the world. The last line of Sota, Rabbi Yosef says, that's not true. Deika Ana, I'm still here. So humility isn't God, what about me? So he's spoken many times. What does that mean? The Vilna Gon says there was a Tana named Anna who was very humble. Anna is very humble. Rav Yosef, we've said in the past, maybe Rav Yosef is talking about his own life. He became blind. He lost all his learning. My life teaches humility. Says Avari, no, Deika Anna. There's humility because look deep down into yourself who your true self is. Look at the Anna in you and you'll realize who you truly are and that will bring to humility. Forget the Ahugavra. Top of the next page, in every person there's the spark of humanity, latent, though it often may be. It's only because of certain frustrating experiences that the Yahugavra is able to penetrate the spirit. Everybody has the Ana. What's Tochacha? Hochech Tochiach. Prove to them as Amisecha, that he is your Amit, that he's got an Ana. Prove to him that he's awesome, that she could do it. He says even, says of Aaron, this was the mistake of Acher. We know the Gemara tells us, unbelievable Gemara in Mesechus Chagiga, where the Gemara says that Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, was off the derech, and he didn't think that he could come back, and he went past 12 Bati Medrash, and he took the Pasuk that he asked, he asked 12 children that came out of the base Medrash, what did you learn today, what did you learn today? And every Pasuk, he took it as a divine sign that Acher, forget it, you're gone. And the Bosco came out and said, Hakol Shavin Chutz Me Acher, everybody could come back except for Acher. And he says, forget it, I'm gone. And he left. Says Rav Aaron, what was his mistake? The Acher in him was gone. But not the Ana in him. Chutz me Acher, your Hahu Gavra is not coming back. But the Ana in you, Acher, where it's underlined, cannot repent. Acher can't do tshuva. Then Elisha ben Avuya could do tshuva. Had he not mistaken Elisha ben Avuya for Acher, had he realized that he but needed to expel the stranger from himself, then the real Avisha ben Avuya would have been would have reemerged in true glory as a Baal Shuva. That's what every Baal, every person who needs Shuva has to understand that he's an Anna, that he's a Jew, he's an Amit, and that's what we have to do. Okay, just to end off with one final thought. Tonight is Yom Hazikaron. Even those in Chutzlaretz who might be listening to this a week later. Um, Yom HaZikaron was last week, but Yom HaZikaron, if I might say, one of the real zechuyos of, of making Aliyah is to be in Eretz Yisrael for Yom HaZikaron. There's not too many greater zechuyos that a Jew has than to be in this country for Yom HaZikaron. Again, there are, there are tekasim, and there should be tekasim throughout the world on a day that no matter what my political stance is, a recognition that blood had to be spilled in order for Jews to live here. If anybody has ever gotten on a flight that, to come to this country that would not exist had the blood not been spilled, there has to be a recognition of every single Jew in the entire world. No matter what they do outside but inside, there has to be. Just to share one story and one medrash that brings home the power of Yom Karon and the Zchus. Rabbi Riskin tells over this story towards the end of his autobiography, talking to God, listening to God. If you want to look it up, it's on page 402, 403, and 404, where he notes that there was a certain family, a Schwartz family that lived, that he knew in America, and the father was a Holocaust survivor. He lost all of his family in the Shoah, Rahman al 
and he started a new family, wife, two children, two sweet little boys, and he made Aliyah. 1964, they made Aliyah. Rahman al-Islam, their oldest child, their older boy, was killed in the Six-Day War. Rahman al-Islam, their second son, was killed in the Yom Kippur War. And Rabbi Riskin was on, an, on the plane in 1973 during the Yom Kippur War going to Israel when he read this obituary, when he read the condolence to this family about their son and he realized, he knew that he knew the family. And he knew he had to pay a shiva call. And he walks into the house and he doesn't say, he just sits down, what, what's there to say? And he just sits there for a while. And then he le- gets up to leave and he gets up and starts saying, Hamakam Yanafe Meschem. And I'll read you. The father, the father turns to Rabbi Riskin and says, Rabbi Riskin, what did you just say? What does that mean? What does Hamakum Yenachim Eschem mean? Why do we use that name of God at that stage of, of you, the human cycle of life? This is the father talking now. I quote, I'll tell you why. I understand it now for the first time. When my family was destroyed in the Holocaust, there was no comforting me. It was so senseless, so absurd. But now that I have lost my only remaining sons and I have no chance for other children, I am sad, sad beyond even the ability to speak. But I am comforted nonetheless. At least this time, my sons died so that the Jewish people could live. They died in defense of Israel. They died in defense of Yerushalayim. They died in defense of the Jewish future. Hamakom, the place Yerushalayim, Israel, the Jewish states, Hamakom Menachem Oti. The place comforts me among the mourners of Zion and Yerushalayim. Says Rabbi Riskin, he gave, he went into the Shiva house to get to give Nechama, and he ended up getting Nechama. Yom Azikaron is a very we remember tragedies. We remember terrible, terrible days and months, and years. But we also remember and get great inspiration by what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us through the sacrifices and what we are zochet to through every single person. As known, Rav Gorin, Rabbi Rashi of Tzahal, later became the Rabbi Rashi of Israel, says, we know that in Eretz Yisrael nobody's buried in an aron in a coffin. Why? Because Avira, the, the dirt, the gush of Eretz Yisrael is machaper. So the dirt touches the guf, the body, with one exception. Chayalim. Anybody, or chayalot, anybody who is killed serving, defending Klal Yisrael, the Medina Yisrael, no, they're buried in coffins. Why? So there's a practical reason, obviously, but Rav Gorin says, because they don't need the kapara. They got one already. Somebody who gives their life defending Eretz Yisrael says they automatically, the Gemara says, somebody who gives their life most and for Klal Yisrael, Nobody closer in the Mechitza, close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's all about the connection of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. I'll just end with the Medrash. The source number 18. So as I'm right, just even to, to preface it, there's a Sefer called Medrashay Eretz Yisrael, a whole Sefer all about Medrashim, about Eretz Yisrael. And in the Hagdama there, he talks about the connection between the Jew and the land of Israel. It is not natural. Natural connections are when people live in a land and the more they live there, the more the connection grows. We are out, were out of our land and the connection became even deeper and the yearning became even stronger. Says the Medrash, and we'll just end with this. Says the Medrash in Bamidbar. This is the land. 
that falls to you for a nachla. The chalukah sa'aretz. Ma'olachem, what does it mean, falls to you? Lachem hi ru'uya. To the Jewish people, Eretz Yisrael is fit. There was a king that had servants and maid servants. And he used to find mates and spouses for Avadim and Shvachos from other countries. All of a sudden, he thinks to himself, what am I doing? I have Avadim, I have Shvachos. I should marry the Avadim to the Shvachos. The Avadim are mine, the Shvachos are mine. So let me marry them one to the other. So to Hashem says, Haaretz Sheli, Shenemar Lashem Haaretz Umaloa, the Yisrael Shelihem, Shenemar Kili Bene Yisrael Avadim. Israel belongs to God, the Jew belongs to God. Mutav Sha'anchil Artsi Laavdi, Sheli Lisheli. That's Zos Haaretz, Asher Tipo Lachem. It's yours because Sheli Lisheli. God's land, God's people. There's no deeper connection. There's no greater sacrifice that we could have than living in Eretz Yisrael and being able to be in the palace with a special Shechina, the special Hashgacha that the Ramban writes on this week's Parsha. Bez Hashem, we should be Zochet to only have Simchas and Yeshuas and Achamas for all of Klai Yisrael.